BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Just to kind of recap this week, Monday this week we had Dr. Erwin Lutzer on, uh, Pastor Emeritus of Moody Church, in his new book, We Will Not Be Silenced, uh, Responding Courageously to Our Cultural's uh, Assault on Christianity. Uh, then Tuesday we had Dr. Ron Rhodes, his new book, Spiritual Warfare in the End Times. And both of these books have uh, been greatly reduced this month by the VCY Bookstore. We've heard from many people on the phones. We can't get through. Well, their lines have been busy. Um, wall-to-wall calls. And uh, so I just wanted, if you tried yesterday afternoon, could not get through, uh, they likely will be busy on and off this afternoon. But the quickest way is to go to vcy.com, vcy.com, or you may call until 6 p.m. Central Time today at one 722 one or try again tomorrow. But uh, they've taken uh, many, many uh, requests here for those books that were offered. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got another important guest, another important topic. Uh, a couple weeks before the election, uh, we discussed election 2020 and LGBTQ issues. Well, we're still awaiting the results on the race for president from states as they certify their votes. And as you're aware, there are multiple lawsuits taking place in an attempt to expose fraud and cheating. And we understand the Trump campaign uh, just uh, today calling for a partial recount in the state of Wisconsin now. But uh, today we're going to be looking at some of the aftermath of the 2020 election, along with some pending issues and uh, how the LGBTQ message is being advanced. Joining us, we welcome back Peter LaBarbera, founder and president of Americans for Truth. Peter, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks, Jim. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, we're going to talk about the presidency in just a short time, but first, some other issues our listeners may not be aware of, Peter. Uh, NBC News reported voters in six states handed eight transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming candidates victories in state legislators, legislatures, I should say. Uh, three of the country's current transgender state legislators won re-election. At least five others, including an incumbent who was not previously out as gender non-conforming, won election day, bringing the total to at least nine once they all take office. And according to Victory Fund, Peter, some uh, currently 39 elected transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming elected public officials across the country, and I believe that's in addition to those who are openly homosexual or open lesbian. Yeah, Jim, um, it's, this is really instructive about how the left works. Um, while, uh, you know, most conservatives and Christians are living their lives, um, these groups are trying specifically to get transgender and radical uh, sexual um, agenda activists elected. And so we see this NBC News article uh, that you sent me, Jim, and first of all, note how um, NBC... Uh, in reporting this, there it's everything is what is what's the first non-binary, and then they have the first black non-binary, and it's a cataloging all written by mainly homosexual, bisexual, and transgender reporters cataloging all these alleged wonderful firsts for LGBTQ activists, and that's how they see it. It's totally one-sided coverage. It's rooting for the the LGBT activists and. Um, there, the, the coverage is as one-sided on this issue as it was against President Trump in the presidential news coverage. And these candidates are extremely radical, Jim. Across the board, when you see them, you have, you have authors that were promoting a transgender uh, ideology to, to children, children's books. You have, uh, they're almost all pro-abortion on demand in addition to the radical sexual agenda. You have most of them uh, promoting taxpayer funding and forced insurance coverage of these awful transgender sex change, so-called uh, gender reassignment surgeries, which are destructive, uh, uh, awful. I, I just, most Americans can't conceive of how horrible they are, and they want the taxpayers to cover that, to cover those under health insurance, and they want corporations to be uh, forced to cover those through their insurance policies. You know, I found uh, there's another first here, Peter, and it was in the USA Today article. Uh, they reported that Oklahoma elected the nation's first 
Muslim non-binary state legislator. Uh, this is a, uh, they call this person a progressive community organizer, Marie Turner, who won the race in the House District 88 with more than 71% of the votes. Yeah, and these are all, this is all, that was Oklahoma City. These are all happening in big cities that are pretty much almost one-party states, just dominated by the Democrats. And so you get these radical legislators. That one has a particular irony to it in that uh, this person uh, goes by, calls um, themselves a queer Muslim. We know Muslim countries, uh, there are Muslim countries in which homosexuals are killed uh, by the state. I mean, how ironic uh, that that's uh, that that identification, but Jim, all across the nation, uh, there's been a push uh, to to elect. First, it was homosexual, then transgender. Now they're talking non-binary. Pretty soon, they'll be talking openly polyamory. It just keeps going and gets ever more radical. And this is what the Democratic Party has become. It has become the party of abortion on demand and radical homosexual, bisexual, transgender ideology. And this is what the de- this is that most Americans are just not, have not come to grips with yet how radical this Democratic Party is these days. And and Peter also many are appalled. Delaware's twenty seventh district uh, chose to elect an open homosexual man. You referred to this earlier, but moonlights as a drag queen. But now this individual is representing them in the House of Representatives. Right. I mean, there, there's Jim. It's like there's there's nothing that's too radical for the Democratic Party. And um, I think it's time that Republicans find a way to expose uh, these issues, because I think in a lot of these races, Jim, the, the LGBT factor was, was basically not, uh, you know, uh, made an issue in the campaign. There's a political correctness that, that seeps into the coverage, which almost makes it, you know, the media does not want to cover this, and uh, in the sense that anything negative about it, after they win, then they'll celebrate them as, you know, the first LGBTQ this, the first LGBTQ that. But these issues are not being fairly covered at the national level. And, I, Jim, I guess we're going to talk about this, but this, uh, the saddest one being the reversal of the, the gay marriage vote in Nevada. And uh, um, Yeah, as a matter of fact, I've got just one more issue. We're actually issue. now specifically... Passing, uh, this is, I guess, the first one, uh, specifically rejecting traditional marriage in the statewide vote. Yeah, and this is this is really uh, the case where uh, Nevadans went to remove this definition of marriage. It's, it was protected in their Constitution. And, Peter, what that says is that if the Obergefell U.S. Supreme Court decision comes down, they no longer have a, a defensive marriage provision in their state constitution. Right, Jim, and it's. Uh, I just think it's very tragic. Um, uh, the, so many things about this story. First of all, in, in the year 2000, uh, I think it was 2000 and 2002, there were separate votes uh, in support of traditional marriage, uh, uh, an amendment to the Constitution of the state of Nevada. Uh, those passed by respectively 69 to 30 and then 67 to 33, Jim. Now, this rejection of that 18 years later passed 61 to 39. But then, Jim, uh, thanks for sending the article you sent me, because in that article, it reveals that only a a couple Republicans actually opposed this measure. So how did we go from a situation in which Republicans ran on the defense of traditional marriage, not, not even 20 years ago, and now Republicans across the board are, are remaining silent in the face of these attacks on traditional marriage now? Yeah, yeah. Peter LaBarbera with us here today. One other just legislative issue, Peter, I want to point out because of its oddity here is that uh, we've got voters now in the Bible Belt states of uh, Georgia, Tennessee, elected the first openly homosexual members uh, to their state legislature. And uh, this also includes a lesbian Episcopal priest. Right, Jim. And when I thought of that, my mind uh, immediately went back to remember the story of Vicki Jean Robinson, this is way back in 2004, the first so-called openly gay bishop. Um, this is a man, as the parents named him Vicky, because uh, they thought, I guess they wanted a girl, and he became the first uh, quote-unquote gay bishop. And here we are, uh, two decades, less than two decades later, and now uh, we're electing, you know, so-called lesbian priests. And of course, Christianity uh, cannot tolerate, uh, you know, open homosexuality. Uh, 
open transgenderism. That's ridiculous. And yet the, the, the religious left is on the move, Jim, and they are at war with uh, the biblical truth about homosexuality and gender rebellion. Peter, um, one other thing to point out, and we're going to move on then to the presidential race. And I saw this story on LifeSiteNews.com. They report in this 2020 election cycle that uh, we've also not only just seen what we've talked about here in state legislatures, but also the election of multiple transgender lower court judges as well as transgender city councilmen. In other words, we are seeing the the uh, the advancement of, of uh, those who claim to be transgender now serving on the bench, making decisions regarding other folks and the, and the cases that come before them, as well as uh, local community matters. Right. And the question is, are we going to be able to get justice from these judges? Obviously, there's a coordinated push that 99% of the American public probably has no clue about, Jim, to elect uh, sexual left activists. These are, uh, you know, progressive, so-called progressive homosexual transgenders. Now we're talking non-binary and um the next thing will be polyamory, and there is a push. There's a group called the LGBTQ Victory Fund, which is specifically working to elect uh, openly homosexual, bisexual, transgender legislators, activists to these positions. And until there's some kind of resistance from our side, Jim, I think they're going to keep getting elected. Peter, let's uh, also move on to the presidential race. Uh, Now, the results are yet hanging in the balance. I mean, just a little while ago, for instance, uh, here's another 9,600 vote error in a hand recount going on in Georgia, whereby in one county, DeKalb County in Georgia, uh, one batch was labeled 10,707 for Biden and 13 for Trump. Well, uh, a very improbable m- margin. And now they found the actual count was 1,081 for Biden, 13 for count uh, for D- Donald Trump. And that's a difference of 9,626 votes that had previously gone for Biden. And I, I know the results are still hanging in the balance. Uh, we know of a recount just starting, uh, g- going to get underway in the state of Wisconsin. We've got the challenges that are taking place in, in Pennsylvania and other places. But give us your observation what's taking place in this presidential election. Well, Jim, um, I, like you, have been watching these races for decades. And uh, personally, I'll say my personal opinion is that uh, the Democrats stole this election from Trump. And here's I've, I've come to this conclusion just looking at the evidence. We saw, Jim, what we haven't talked about yet is that Trump had massive coattails across the country. And in fact, I think that same LifeSite article that you mentioned, Jim, also noted that, or maybe it was a different article, that some of the other gains that Democrats would have made at the state and local level were uh, preempted by these coattails from a president who supposedly didn't win. Um, the Cook Political Report, whose, whose predictions were way off, they predicted that there would be 27 congressional House races that were toss-ups, Jim. Guess what? The Republican Party won all 27 of those supposedly toss-up races. The Republicans have almost to the point where they can capture the House. They're falling just shy. Um, this was not predicted. The polls were way off. And I think that there was a coordinated effort. I agree with Sidney Powell and Linwood, uh, two outstanding uh, conservative attorneys, that there was a concerted effort in the, in the battleground states to steal this election from Tell you what, we're going to be back in one minute. Peter LaBarber with us here on Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Stay with us. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, just how intelligent were the Neanderthal people? Chris, the Neanderthals were people just like me and you. They were descendants of at least one of the tribes that migrated away from the Tower of Babel. Perhaps they lived in harsh conditions, but they were fully human. Archaeologists have even found that they had musical instruments, using the hollowed-out bones of animals perforated with holes like a flute. When replicas of these are made, it's found that they used the same musical scale that we use today. Mostly, they preferred minor keys. Of course, even the Israelites are known for their songs in minor keys, producing beautiful but haunting melodies. 
You see, Chris, even Neanderthals go back to Genesis, and so should we. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Visit our web store at icr.org store and use the promo code FACT at the checkout when ordering your That's a Fact DVD. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Peter LaBarber with us today, founder and president of Americans for Truth, and uh, looking at the aftermath of the 2020 election and LGBTQ issues. Uh, We've got several things yet on our plate here, but we're in the midst right now about the presidential race, the results yet hanging in the balance. Uh, We understand, I just saw an email come through from Liberty Council that uh, one group is looking for attorneys to uh, to get to Milwaukee, uh, ASAP, as they're starting to uh, deploy to Milwaukee and looking at the uh, recounting of ballots and so forth. Um, I know also that uh, you were just observing here, Peter, that that uh, normally when somebody wins the presidency, there are great coattails that come along, bringing many lower offices with them. But that was not the case. It was Donald Trump who had the coattails, not Joe Biden. Yeah, Jim, the whole thing doesn't make sense. I can't. I don't have the article in front of me, but uh, many people have observed uh, in four major cities. I believe it's Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. I may be wrong on those cities, which ones, but Biden uh, was way above uh, Hillary's uh, results in uh, outperformed Hillary's results from 2016. In other cities across the country, it was not the case. Why is that? Um, another thing, Jim, is. Uh, and here's what I tweeted. Um, you know, there's a lot of people I noticed, even, you know, of course, Fox News really let us down. Their coverage was atrocious on this election. Many people have abandoned Fox News because of it. But there and in other media, there seems to be the presumption of pundits, Jim, and, and reporters that, oh, there could be nothing sinister targeting Trump. You know, there's, you hear this line, if you've heard it once, I've heard it a dozen times. Oh, well, maybe there was some fraud, but there's fraud in every election. First of all, that ignores the massive mail-out of ballots across the nation, which is, of course, open to abuse more than any other uh, electoral method. We've never seen anything like this. But, Jim, we also have to remember that there already was a sinister campaign against Trump, the so-called silent coup, the Russiagate hoax. From Even before he was president, throughout his whole presidency, there was a concerted, conspiratorial, sinister campaign to subvert Trump. So if they could do that before, why could, why can people not believe that they would do it again now? Peter, you mentioned Fox News, and they're really coming under a lot of scrutiny, uh, which seems they came out on election night to show they were not uh, really the conservative network. Many thought they were uh, when they, uh, you know, called uh, the uh, state of uh, Nevada, for instance, or, or Arizona, I should say. Uh, we also have a story in the uh, 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 Epic Times uh, that Fox News admitted they were wrong on the Democratic House seat projections, uh, but uh, Fox News coming under great scrutiny at this time. Yes, it appears there's been a change at the top, and Fox made the move to be more like the other networks, and this is a devastating decision. I believe uh, it, it will it could cripple the network because here's what happened, Jim. People turned into Fox because they hated the liberal bias, but we should say the leftist bias on the other networks and in so-called mainstream news. So they turned to Fox. Well, I was among those who were turning in, and I I noticed, why aren't they calling Florida? There was overwhelming evidence that Florida was going to go for Trump. They wouldn't call it. They didn't call it. They kept holding it. Then Arizona, they called it almost immediately after the polls were closed in Arizona. But, Jim, it goes beyond that. Fox played a major role in hitting in in, – attacking Trump in this election, undermining Trump. Remember the story, Jim, about supposedly when Trump called the troops losers? And Fox News had a reporter that claimed, they claimed sort of confirmed that hit piece against Trump, which was by a a magazine called The Atlantic, which was very left-wing. Yeah, it was not not true. It turns out it wasn't a real confirmation of that story, Jim. Yeah, and and the story was not true at all. And uh, yet we are seeing, uh, and a matter of fact, uh, President Trump has been calling out Fox News on more than one occasion now as well. Um, Peter, uh, again, we underscore that the media does not determine a president, electors do. And nonetheless, Joe Biden is forming his transition team right now. He has appointed Richard Stengel, who advocates restrictions on free speech, to a key media post in the transition team. Are you concerned? 
Uh, I am very concerned. This is shocking. This is a, a reporter uh, who, who used to be the editor, I believe, of Time magazine, um, who openly advocates. Um, he says, and I quote Jim, quote, the First Amendment doesn't protect false speech about a, about a virus or false speech that endangers the health of your users. Here, here he's talking about COVID, of course. And by the way, he goes on, Facebook and Twitter have been taking things down, but they need to be even more vigilant about it. And Google needs to be even more vigilant about what they prioritize in their search uh, results. He calls for, quote, adding new guardrails to, to um, uh, per, uh, speech as if, you know, the government should step in and decide what speech is not going to incite violence and what isn't. This is ridiculous, but it comes from a guy who was a, a, a journalist. I mean, this is shocking, Jim, and this shows where the Biden uh, administration, should there be one, because he is not the president-elect, um, that's just a fake title that he's given himself, uh, and the media have given but The him. media have but given him. Yeah. This really shows where he's headed, and it's frightening for the First Amendment. Yeah, uh, folks, we still got to wait. I mean, if you go to the Epic Times, uh, you'll find that uh, that uh, they have a realistic look at the electoral count on, on their page. Uh, not only this position here, Peter, but uh, I'm looking at Vice.com as well, and they reported this last Thursday that that uh, Joe Biden has named a trans veteran to his transition team. This is a retired commander in the U.S. Navy. Uh, this is uh, Skelly, uh, Sean Skelly became one of the first trans people to receive a presidential appointment when President Barack Obama uh, made uh, uh, this individual a member of the National Commission on Military National Public Service January 2017 uh, during uh, his final weeks in office. But uh, now we have uh, Scaly serving as the vice president of, of an organization uh, out in national security. This is a networking group for LGBTQ uh, Q people in national security. Joe Biden just naming uh, this trans veteran to his transition team. Yes, and uh, I think this is uh, Biden have, uh, basically doing an in-your-face uh, to uh, conservatives and to Donald Trump uh, by appointing a trans person, so-called trans person, to this role in the transition. And it's very troubling. This particular individual, Jim, uh, has spoken out against the broad religious exemptions to these policies. And so, again, we see the potential for what I'm calling LGB tyranny, um, uh, basically the idea that LGBTQ so-called rights are preeminent over our First Amendment freedoms. And, Jim, we, like we said in our last interview, remember, Joe Biden was more radical on the LGBT queer agenda than uh, even Barack Obama. He was the one who came out publicly for homosexual so-called marriage even before Barack Obama did. And we are going to see if he prevails in, I believe, if he actually succeeds in, if the Democrats succeed in stealing this election from Donald Trump. That's my opinion. I believe we're going to see even a more radical homosexual, bisexual, transgender agenda than under Barack Obama. Well, Joe Biden made no bones about it. I mean, he called transgenderism the, the civil rights issue of our time. And, Peter, he also has call, uh, said that uh, the so-called Equality Act, he wants this passed within his first 100 days in office. Right. And this is the significance of those coattails we talked about, which Biden, uh, the supposed winner, did not have. Um, we have a good chance now, the Republicans are preserving, keeping the Senate. But even if we do, Jim, it is going to take a lobbying effort because we know there are moderate, so-called moderate, I call them liberal Republicans, who will support the Equality Act. The Equality Act is the most radical homosexual, uh, bisexual, transgender legislation in history, it, the most far-reaching legislation ever proposed on this issue. And, and there will be a lobbying effort either way, um, uh, whatever happens in the Senate. Um... Equality Act, uh, this really targets Christianity, doesn't it? Absolutely, Jim. The, the, the Equality Act, as we talked about last time, specifically says that gay and transgender rights, so-called, uh, negate religious freedom. The, way, the reason I can say that is the Act specifically um, overrides the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was a law which should never have even been necessary to pass, Jim, because we have a First Amendment which is the priority, of course, in our Constitution. Uh, but 
uh, Congress passed a law to strengthen First Amendment protections, but the Homosexual Equality Act, so-called, specifically says that LGBT rights would be superior to that law. So they're basically coming right out and saying gay rights is above everything, even First Amendment uh, religious protections. Peter LaBarbera with us from Americans for Truth. Uh, Peter, uh, at the same time as there is a, a, a presumed, on the part of groups like Human Rights Campaign, they're presuming a Biden administration, and uh, they have been very aggressive in their push for uh, the advancement of the LGBTQ plus agenda. And uh, they have uh, recently put out what they call the Blueprint for Positive Change 2020. And uh, they say in here that in January 2021, the Biden administration will inherit a presidency and executive branch nearly unrecognizable from the administration he left behind in 2016. They go on to report that. But, Peter, they give this 2020 blueprint for positive change. It's a blueprint that is a comprehensive list of some 85 individual policy recommendations aimed at what they call improving the lives of LGBTQ people. And uh, they go through, we'll talk about some of the recommendations here, but I I tell you, there is a a huge push uh, from groups. I mean, we've seen it from Black Lives Matter, contact the the Biden administration's uh, projection anyways, that that, uh, this is our agenda. We put you into office, this is what you got to do for us. Now we have Human Rights Campaign also knocking at the door with their 85 policy recommendations. Yes, and some of these are, are really scary. Of course, you've got the Equality Act, Jim. But then they want, uh, here's one, uh, they want ensure consistent administrative implementation of Bostock, the Bostock ruling. Now, remember, that was the Supreme Court ruling, which was uh, terribly disappointing to conservatives because Judge Gorsuch went around, uh, around uh, went in support of it uh, as a supposed originalist Supreme Court justice. But that uh, would enforce transgenderism as a civil right. Um, they're calling for that to be implemented uh, federal-wide. And they're also, Jim, another thing that people don't realize is the homosexual activists also come out and support abortion on demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of the, one of the agenda items is ending the global so-called gag rule on abortion, which is something that Democrats always do. They want the, the, our taxpayers, the government, to push uh, and fund abortion promotion overseas. Well, what they do in this blueprint, ladies and gentlemen, is they go through uh, cabinet level by cabinet level position to push their agenda through. For instance, here's Department of Defense and discrimination against HIV positive individuals from enlistment, appointment and deployment. Uh, Number two is to revise restrictions on transgender individuals to return to an inclusive policy of military service. Number three, ensure all LGBTQ military personnel have access to PrEP without jeopardizing job status. Number four, ensure active duty service members have equal access to spousal housing. Next, ensure access to comprehensive transition-related care transition-related care for dependents of military personnel. And uh, that's just for the Department of Defense, and they go through... Yeah, Jim, can I say something about that one? That that comes back to what we were saying before. Taxpayer-funded, transsexual, uh, gender reassignment surgeries is the politically correct term, but these are body-deforming so-called surgeries which uh, destroy somebody's body because they're gender-confused, and they want the taxpayers to pay for that. Right. And and that's when when you read the paragraph regarding that, it, it's exactly what they're calling upon them to do. They called it gender-affirming surgery, including uh, using the words where it's medically necessary for them to do this. And, uh, friends, that is just one department. We're going to highlight a few other issues after the break. This is Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Peter LaBarber is our guest. We're talking about the aftermath of the 2020 elections and LGBTQ issues. Back in a minute. For 2,000 years, Christians have courageously faced beatings, stonings, torture, burnings, and every form of evil for boldly proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. The book, Fox's Voice of the Martyrs, A.D. 33 to today, tells their story. This all-new edition includes the stories of more than 100 Christian martyrs not included in John Fox's original work. It includes heroes from the early church to the Reformation to the 21st century. 
read about Nate Saint, Watchman Nee, and dozens of stories of 67 others who have stood faithfully to the death. Their courage in the face of Islamic groups, brutal dictatorships, and government crackdowns will inspire you to be a bold witness. This hardcover, soul-stirring book available from VCY for your donation of $20 or more. Call 1-800-729-9829. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. We took a look before the election. Now we're taking a look after the election. And if Joe Biden is indeed successful in coming away with the electoral votes, Human Rights Campaign already has their document out of some 22 pages entitled their Blueprint for Positive Change 2020. They go through cabinet-level position by cabinet-level. And I'm, I'm, I'm serious when I say this, folks. I mean, they go through, and I'm looking at, uh, here is one, the Federal Trade Commission even. Uh, Peter, here's what they say. To prohibit the practice of conversion therapy as a fraudulent business practice. Yes, uh, this is uh, extremely dangerous and very sinister, Jim. Uh, first of all, we know that the homosexual, bisexual, transgender lobby um, is bitterly and viciously opposed to ex-gays and ex-transgenders, people who leave the lifestyle. Many of these people leave with the help of Jesus Christ, Jim. They've, they're new creations in Christ, and they leave. But this is scary. They're going to try to use the FTC uh, to effectively take away the right of people to seek the change they want in their life. Take, you may have a person who, who, who was molested in, in their youth, or, and they don't want, uh, they don't want to, um, to feel that that's their identity just because they were victimized. They want to use, they want to take the FTC and apply it to this homosexual activism, and it's, it's just a typical of the, the fanaticism of the LGBTQ lobby, that this is one of their items. And they're ready to go with this right from day one, Jim. Yes. And I think we should look at the contrast. Remember the chaos. And, of course, you can't really blame Trump in all respects. When he took over, they never thought he'd win, probably, much less be ready from day one. But these guys, the fanatical left, the Democrats, and they're, and they're basically they're joined at the hip now with the homosexual transgender movement, they are ready to go from day one to start transforming this nation including executive orders that they want the new president to sign uh, that will uh, benefit to their agenda as well. Uh, let's look here, uh, Peter, at the Department of the Treasury to provide extended look-back period beyond standard three years for same-sex couples to amend their income tax returns. Right. It's all about uh, this pretense that the left has voices on us, and it's, uh, of course, ever since Obergefell, it's, uh, it's on steroids which would uh, uh, have us believe that two people of the same sex is like a marriage. It's not, and um, we have a lot of work to do on this issue, Jim, but uh, it's going to take whatever happens here with the, with the president, whether Trump gets in or Biden uh, succeeds in this uh, theft, um, we are going to be vigilant. Christians are going to have to be on focusing on the Senate and their House of Representatives and, and being aware of what's going on, because it's going to be coming like a freight train, and these activists, as I said, they're ready to go. And this uh, election coming up in Georgia on January 5th will determine the, the majority party in the United States Senate and the huge ramifications here. Yes, we have Leffler and Purdue against two left-wing Democrats, um, and I think it's going to, the, the, the left is already saying that they're going to throw millions of dollars into the Democrat side. Um, uh, this is, uh, these are runoff races. This is extremely important because if both Republicans win, that only gives the, the GOP a 52-48 uh, majority in the Senate, Jim. Um, then let's see, also here for the Department of State, provide visas for eligible partners of U.N. employees and foreign diplomats. Fill the position of special rights, uh, special envoy for LGBTI rights. Also that of uh, appoint diverse LGBTQ ambassadors to represent our nation abroad. Uh, that, that is, so the, the goal here of the human rights campaign, Peter, is not only to, to force this on our nation, but also to further their agenda around the world. Yeah, Jim, and listen to this one. Include a non-binary, I don't know if you read this one, 
uh, did you do this one? Uh, include a non-binary gender marker and modernize existing requirements. So they've already some in some liberal states, some blue states, they already have where you can change your license. I believe it's I don't know how many do this thing of the non-binary gender marker, but they want to take this and put it on passports, which means that's federalizing all across the nation this radical transgender policy. Churches and Christian schools are also in the cross here, Peter. Uh, here. Department of Education to ensure non-discrimination policies and science-based curricula are not undermined by religious exemptions to accreditation standards. I mean, they it looks here that religious institutions does not require accreditation of religious institutions that do not meet neutral accreditation standards, including non-discrimination policies and scientific curricula requirements. Uh, really, are focusing in on uh, the impact. Uh, they've got another. Other place here too on on uh, I believe it's yes mandate public notice for receipt of Title IX religious exemptions by colleges and universities. They want the education department provide a publicly available list of colleges and universities that have received religious exemptions. Why? So they can be targeted. Right. Uh, th- these are uh, frightening provisions. They want to use the Department of Education as a club against religious schools. Uh, claiming to respect their mission, but not really, because they want to use the accreditation policy uh, process to uh, bully these religious schools into uh, submission. And, Jim, we've, the Equality Act could do some of these same things. For example, you might have a Christian school. Uh, it's either officially Christian or maybe it's just known to be a religious, moral minded school, and you may have a, a homosexual employee all of a sudden say, I'm, I'm in a homosexual marriage, and they would have it so that the school could not take action against that teacher, even though the teacher is violating the school's uh, Christian charter. And these are the kind of tactics that the left is going to use because they're fundamentally totalitarian now. They are out to squelch dissent. They don't care about respecting uh, us. They want everybody to uh, to be to follow what they believe, and that's why um, you see them uh, uh, overriding the Religious Freedom Restoration Act within that uh, Homosexual Equality Act. They have long passed the point where they tolerate uh, religious dissent. They now want to override it using the power of the state. Friends, I'd like to get your reaction to these issues here today. We're talking about the aftermath of the 2020 election. Again, we have seen just a number of of, of positions uh, that have been acquired now by those uh, claiming to be transgender. Uh, that is, for instance, males who wish to identify as females or vice versa. Uh, we have seen this uh, election take place not only in state houses, but all the way down to uh, a local judiciary as well. Our phone number to Crosstalk is 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Pressure coming from the Human Rights Campaign in issuing this blueprint for positive change 2020, in which their agenda is laid out virtually uh, department by department across the board here, Department of Agriculture, Commerce, Department of Defense. Uh, Here's the Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Education. Uh, Wow, the Department of Education is loaded, loaded with items here. Uh, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Housing and Urban Development, uh, all to be impacted. Uh, Department of Justice. Uh, We see also Department of Labor, uh, including uh, that of uh, restoring non-discrimination standards for government contractors, meaning that the federal government cannot do business with anybody, Peter, that would have uh, any kind of what they view as being discrimination against uh, sexual orientation and gender identity issues. On and on it goes. Right. We saw it under Obama. It's probably going to be worse under Biden. Let's go to the phone lines here on Crosstalk 800-733-9829. David is calling in from Illinois. You're on the air, David. Yes. Uh, I just want to address something that the last person said um, about a radical policy. Um, I just want to put forth that there's nothing radical about uh, transgender people. Um, the That idea is actually a populist myth that uh, only really exists in the continental U.S., unfortunately, you and mean, a little bit of Britain too. You, you um, mean you mean that it's radical? It's not radical for a person who believe who is actually biological male to be identified as a female. That's not radical. Hello, David. 
Oh, we lost David. Uh, go ahead, David. Their sexual assignment at birth, you know, their sex category. So male. Hey, I'm sorry, David. Man, we missed your, your we oh, missed your last we missed your last statement there. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, you're talking about male and female, which is sex category. That's different from gender. That has nothing to do with gender. Uh, oh. It like trends a lot. You know, most people assign male at birth are men. Uh, no, not all of them are. How can you make such a statement? What do you mean? How can I make such a statement? There is a body of research and uh, lots of developmental literature written about gender from the fields of anthropology and uh, sociology. Yeah, there's also X. Yeah, there's also XX and XY. It's called biology, as far as our chromosome. Right, right, right. That's why I said that's sex category. Gender, like I said, is something different. Oh, Peter, your thoughts? Transgender. Well, okay. Obviously, the caller is a a, a LGBT pro LGBT activist. And David, here's what I would say to you about your literature and your and your um, your institutional um, uh, things you're citing. In Chicago, you're in Illinois. In Chicago, underage girls have gone to Lurie Medical Center. They have a gender identity clinic, and they have allowed underage girls to have their healthy breasts surgically removed. These are, these are the professional medical uh, institutions that are allowing this. And so, yes, that's radical. Just because it may be uh, smiled upon by elites in the medical field, which are given over to homosexual activism and now transgender the, activism, the doesn't make it right. Wait a minute. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it normal. Of course, you're using politically correct terms like assigned at birth. You're either born in the vast, vast, vast majority of cases, which would not be the intersex cases where there's an actual biological deformity. Children, babies are born boys and girls. When you start using terms like assigned male and assigned female, you're rewriting nature that God designed. And that's wrong, and that's very radical. So what, what about the 1% or so people who are intersex? That, I, you, I'm not going to talk about intersex because that's a whole issue, and that's been politicized by the transgender movement because they understand that, of course, there's sympathy for a child which has a deformity. But, that's, but the transgender movement, which, by the way, emanated from, it's an outgrowth. They're the young Turks of the LGBT movement. It started with gay, and, and there's lots of gender abnormalities, gender flouting uh, the gender rules within the gay movement. But um, this is not something that's radical. You came right out of the gate saying this is not radical, but it is. And, it, it's, and, and it's very troubling when you see um, you get to the point where even youth are pursuing these awful sex reassignment, gender reassignment surgeries, and that the authorities that you cite are allowing this among minors. That's horrific, and it's bad enough when adults are doing it. There's a website by a, a former transgender, Walt Heyer, named called Sex Change Regret, and Walt makes the point that many people go through these awful surgeries, they destroy their bodies, and then later they find out that they're still suicidal. They still have, have uh, depression issues, etc. And so I would encourage you to uh, not buy what you're hearing from sex and gender left-wing activists and actual, uh, maybe examine some of the cases like Walt Heyer, sexchangeregret.com, and, and get some truth on this issue. The last caller said that it was a radical policy to allow a, tra- uh, a non-binary marker on U.S. passports. Do you stand by that statement? Of course it is. You're, you're, when you start changing, rewriting history, when you start allowing people who are actually, when you allow somebody who was born a, a, a boy, a, a boy child, a male child, baby, and you allow him at age 46 to go back and alter history and put on his license that he was a girl, that's, that's radical. David, thank you for the call. Giving you sufficient time here up against the break. Peter LaBarber is our guest, and we'll be back with more calls after the break. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. A couple days ago, I had the honor of interviewing Brazilian journalist Alan dos Santos. Alan is a conservative fighting communism in Brazil, but he spoke too much truth, and so he had to flee Brazil and come to America. He's now warning Americans that what he has seen take place in Brazil 
is being set up here in America. That includes shadow banning conservatives and their truth reports, blacklisting them. Oh, and guess what? He was accused of fake news. Not only were there physical threats against him that caused him to flee Brazil, but they're working on legislation in Brazil to make reporting fake news a crime. You could maybe go to jail for it. Oh, and by fake news, they mean speaking the truth. So here he is in America, having fled Brazil, warning Americans that it can and is starting to happen here. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Peter LaBarbera is with us from Americans for Truth, the aftermath of the 2020 election and LGBTQ issues. Uh, Peter, just a final comment here on that previous caller before we go on to the next. Yeah, Jim, I, I wanted to make sure I got the name of the hospital right. Is the Children's Hospital Chicago, the famous Lurie Children's Hospital Chicago, and it's called the Gender Identity and Sex Development. Uh, it's a special program within Lurie's, and I, I believe I was correct that they have allowed minors, I don't know if they're still doing it now, but they did, as of a few years ago, they allowed minors to get these awful uh, gender, so-called gender reassignment surgeries. And Jim, I believe uh, Lori, Higgins, uh, Lori Higgins of Illinois Family Institute, that website is Illinois Family, they've done some writing on this program at Lurie's. And the, the larger point is, of course, that the medical uh, literature and authorities are all on the side of the, of the left-wing transgender activists. And that's why we're seeing so many parents even being confused because they go to the uh, the authorities, Jim, the, the, the doctors, and they're telling them, oh, you know, your, your son might actually be a girl. And they're encouraging them in this radical agenda. You know, folks, I'd also like to recommend you go to uh, the American College of uh, Pediatricians. Uh, Dr. Michelle Cretella has been on this program before, but they just put gender in their search engine. Again, that's, uh, let's see, their website is AC peds.org and uh, have articles there on gender dysphoria in children. Here's one, transgender interventions harm children, uh, gender confusion and, and transgender identity, uh, a number of issues. Again, this is the uh, American College of Pediatricians and uh, worth checking out. Uh, Ron is calling next from Tri-Cities, Washington. Ron, you're on the air. Yeah, David, I think uh, voiced uh the philosophy of our uh, elementary school teachers pretty well. That's the uh, indoctrination that our kids are getting in our schools. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, it's not just wrong. It is criminal. They're not just harming our kids. They're mutilating them. And it's disgusting what's happening. And it's disgusting. We tolerate stuff like that, the abuse of our kids. And that guy talks. He's so arrogant. He's spouting lies with... with, uh, with affirmation, he, he, he actually may, maybe even believes his lies. They're still lies. What founded this country was the laws of nature and nature's God. These guys are against both of them. What in the world are we doing? Do we have any conviction whatsoever to protect our kids? Yet we'll send them to these pagan seminaries we call our public schools, hand our tax money to them, and they indoctrinate them with this type of uh, lunacy. It's beyond lunacy. It's, it's almost uh, uh, demonic. And I'm glad uh, Peter LaBarber is is standing up. But, uh, yeah, if we win this election, our schools are our biggest threat to our our society and our liberties. And it's time we uh, woke up to that fact. Thank you, Ron. Peter. Yeah, I, I think the caller, he makes a great point. You know, it began, Jim, 25 years ago, more than 25 years ago, probably 30 by now, with Heather Has Two Mommies, you know, the little children's book which uh, indoctrinates uh, children with picture books to support homosexuality. Daddy's Roommate was another. So it started out with homosexuality, teaching children that uh, homosexuality is, quote, as one book said, just another kind of love. Now, Jim, decades later, where are we? Now we have The Princess Boy. We have dozens of children's books books promoting aberrant gender confusion to toddlers. And we have, uh, you know, this drag queen story hour in which homosexual activists, mainly adult men posing as, you know, dressing like women, reading children's books, promoting transgenderism to kids. And yes, I blame the schools, but I also blame the culture and, 
and and Christians need to speak out because we have allowed this problem to fester and grow to the point now where the schools are pretty much gone. There's there's no other side allowed to be presented. We see homosexual activists now trying to ban ex-gay uh, therapy. People who want it to 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 not be beholden to this ideology, and we see, but yet we still see amidst all of this. Here's some hope, Jim. We still see. God working through, uh, you know, people getting saved, accepting Jesus, and leaving these lifestyles despite all the political power uh, that's being wielded by the LGBTQ lobby. And people are still coming out of these uh, these uh, sinful lifestyles. And there is hope found in Jesus Christ, Peter. Yes, there is. And that's one thing they'll never be able to ban. Let's go to Courtney in Miami, Florida. You're on the air. God bless all you saints and a, a, a good program today. And I just want to say something. You sodomites, that's what the Bible calls you. God made you a male. You lesbians, God made you a woman. You don't, there's n- nothing in between. You're either a male or a female. And God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. You can come out of your sin if you just call on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And parents, this show today shows you how you should watch your kids in school and everything they're teaching them. God bless you all, and we are in the last days, but we are the whole fast to the Lord. He says, those that endure to the end shall be saved. God bless you all. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, We have an anonymous caller from Wisconsin. You're on the air. Hi. I want to respond to a couple things. Personally, I have known three men that were former homosexuals. They became Christians, and they got out of it. One was actually a pedophile. So I know living and breathing, I've met, shook their hands, talked to them, know them. They can be free. They can be delivered. I also want to say I formerly worked for um, um, a hospital, the St. Mary's uh, Hospital Uh, System, no longer says gender when they're defining a person. You say their age, their name, their date of birth. It says sex assigned at birth. And that is a slap in the face to God. At conception, the gender is determined. When a baby is born, they don't just grab a sticker and go, well, we just think we're going to stick this one's a boy or this one's a girl. It is a biological scientific fact determined by God. We are each made in the image of God, and God has a plan and a purpose for each person. And I just want to say that the church needs to rise up and speak up. We've been silent and wimpy too long, myself included. We need to speak up and pray and ask God, how can I oppose this wickedness? Because we are not standing up for our neighbor. Children are going to be and are being mutilated by the surgeries, molested by boys that pretend to be girls and go into the bathrooms. Church, we have to rise up, and I just want to encourage you about that. I tell you what, I've got to interrupt you. We're out of time. Our theme music is playing here at the end. Thank you for your call. Peter, you've got about 15 seconds. Your thoughts? Well, I love what the caller said. Absolutely. Now is the time to stand for truth. Um, Regardless of what happens in this election, this is going to be a a time where we cannot pull back because the left is on the march. They're very aggressive. And Peter, your website? Uh, Americans for Truth. That's written out. F-O-R, AmericansforTruth.org. We're out of time here on the broadcast. Peter LaBarber with us. And by the way, Erwin Lutzer's book, We Will Not Be Silenced. You can get that at vcy.com. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.